This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash checkthelocks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it's wonderful to see you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just peachy, John. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. And I am really excited about your case. This is a short on time episode. So, you know, we're going to get into it here very shortly, but I took a little peek at your notes. I love the title. I love the subject matter. I'm super excited to get into it. So tell me a little bit about what we're going to be covering this week. Well, we're going to talk about the catfish murder. Like an actual catfish with a switchblade? (laughs) More like noodling on a lake. (laughs) It was the bottom feeder with the nine millimeter. (laughs) Well, I guess I took a look at the notes. It looks really interesting. I'm assuming catfish is in reference to the social media online pretending to be somebody that you're not. So I'm really, really excited. I don't know about you. This is a short on time episode. I don't have a lot of time. Do you have a lot of time? I don't. I don't think our listeners have a lot of time. I'm usually the one rushing you like, John, I don't have enough time. I got to go. Yep. I've had six cups of coffee. So (laughs) let's jump into it. I say we just dive right in. I'm super excited to hear about it. Online dating has become a trend for the new generation. People meeting online and from other cities isn't as uncommon as it used to be. Denali Bremer was like any other 18-year-old out looking for love. She met a man named Tyler who was from Kansas. The two had been talking for months via phone and Snapchat. Tyler also told Denali that he was a millionaire. He would send her photos of himself, but the couple never met in person as he was all the way in Kansas. Over the course of the month, the two trusted one another. Tyler was no surprise to Denali's friends, including her best friend Cynthia Hoffman, or Cece as they called her. Cynthia was 19 years old and had a slight learning disability. Despite these disabilities, she was able to graduate high school in 2018. She helped her father on job sites and stayed in close contact with her family. In the spring months of 2019, Tyler started to talk to Denali about raping and murdering someone in Alaska. 
He promised her $9 million if she would go through with the act and send him pictures and videos along the way. Denali was eager to receive the money and recruited four friends, 19-year-old Caleb Leyland, 16-year-old Caden McIntosh, and two juveniles to help commit this murder. The victim, her best friend Cynthia. With the promise of millions and the plans in sight, the group set out to kill their friend. Denali, the group, and Cynthia set out for a hike through Thunderbird Falls, which was north of Anchorage. The group of teens were going to spend the weekend. Cynthia told her dad that she was going to stop by the shop and grab some money to go to the mall, but she never arrived. Denali reached out to Cynthia's family, saying that they ended up dropping her off at the Polar Bear Playground in Anchorage around 4.40 p.m. When Cynthia didn't arrive home, her dad reached out to police to file a missing persons report. Police immediately reached out to the last person to see Cynthia, Denali Bramer. Police contacted Nicole House, which was Denali's mother. House told police that her daughter and a friend named Anthony told her that they shot Cynthia in the head and pushed her into the river. On June 4, 2019, detectives read Denali her rights and she began to tell her side of the story. She told detectives that she, Cynthia, and Kate and McIntosh were smoking weed in the valley on June 2nd when they started driving towards Anchorage. The three of them stopped in a parking lot close to the Thunderbird Falls. The trio began walking into the woods and were playing around, duct taping each other and taking photos along the way. Cynthia was bound with duct tape to her wrist and ankles and across her mouth. She began to panic as the joke was not funny. They took the tape off her mouth, but Cynthia, not happy, told them she was going to call the police. Denali brought along a 9mm handgun, and at that point, McIntosh took the gun and shot Cynthia in the back of the head. It seemed as though Cynthia was still alive and trying to call police, but McIntosh pushed her into the river. Denali said that the pair left her car in the parking lot and texted Cynthia's sister telling her that they dropped her off at the Polar Bear Park. Denali said she was afraid of McIntosh at this point and continued to comply with his guidance. They hid Cynthia's purse, ID, and clothing and the gun used to kill Cynthia. Detectives now had more leads and suspects. They interviewed Kate and McIntosh later on June 4th. His story was similar to Denali's. He reported that they were all duct taping each other and taking photos. He recalls Cynthia panicking, but he reports that he, quote, blacked out, but does remember shooting Cynthia and pushing her into the river. He told police that he was responsible for burning Cynthia's belongings, including the 9mm handgun used to kill her. He did not want Denali going to jail for this crime. Later on June 4th, police now had full confessions and a location. They went to the area of the river and found a young female victim on the banks with her feet bound with duct tape. What detectives did not have was a motive. What would drive teenagers to kill their best friend? So what are you thinking so far, John? Yeah, I was a little confused in the beginning because I didn't realize that they were all in Alaska to start with. So I thought this millionaire that she was talking to online was like, I need you to go to Alaska and kill somebody <laughs> like, like taken Guess style. I should have said we're in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> no, but as you went through, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like they're not like traveling anywhere or anything like that. But it's, I don't know, man, it's crazy. And I'm also wondering why this millionaire online would want this Denali girl to kill her best friend or what potential beef he would have with her best friend. And I'm thinking that that's probably where some of the catfishing is coming into play. So I'm really excited to kind of see where the story goes. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued, but it seems like things are definitely not as they seem. Well, now that the police had two in custody, they were able to obtain cell phone records and found that Denali Bremer had been in a long distance relationship with Tyler. Text messages showed multiple I love yous and even darker plots to kill Cynthia and sexually assault children. Police now needed to get in touch with this Tyler. Indiana police were now involved and interviewed Darren Schillmiller about his involvement in a murder of a young woman in Anchorage, Alaska. 
Now, I'm just going to kind of throw this out there in case we have some listeners that may not know what catfishing is. So the definition of catfish is a fake or stolen online identity created or used for the purposes of beginning a deceptive relationship. And for those that don't know, there's a whole TV show called Catfish on MTV. I love that show. Neve and Max. I love the documentary that they made that like got them the TV show. But Kara and I, when we lived in our old house before Millie was born, it was just this tiny little house. We would spend hours in a day just watching episodes back to back to back to back. It's crazy to think that there's people on the internet who will just grab a random picture and then create this entire fake person around it and then just act as if they're not going to get caught. You know, it's, it's very strange. And people have like multiple, I'm talking to this person is Jeff, but maybe now I'm talking to this person is like Ron. And it's, I picked two very like classic male names right there, but <laughs> you know, some of these people have so much going on. You wonder like how they're able to keep all of these like lies straight. It's crazy. Not to go too far into this catfishing thing, but the most recent catfishing story is of Manti Teo, the football player at Notre Dame that ended up playing in the NFL and was catfished. And there's a whole Netflix documentary on it now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've seen the Netflix uh, documentary like searching through, but I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? Have you watched it? Oh, yeah, it's good. You should watch it. I almost feel really bad for the guy. I mean, I do feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for all parties involved, but it's really good. You should watch it. I remember like hearing about it and be like, okay, whatever. Another dude got catfish. No big deal. But after watching the documentary years later, I'm like, oh, this is awful. This is awful for everyone. Yeah, and there was also a period of time where like people didn't realize that catfishing was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was happening to them and you think you're talking to this person and, you know, you, just to find out that it's not. And I think, you know, as the Internet has kind of progressed and we've got more into the digital age, we are more aware that things like that could happen. But if this was like 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't think twice about it. Nowadays, I'm like, am I being catfished every time I swipe right on somebody's profile? Right. The other thing that was really interesting to me and kind of raised some questions is as you were talking, you said in the text messages, they found, you know, talk of abusing children and murder. And in the beginning of the story, it's like, this is just an 18 year old girl looking for love. And I'm wondering if it's like this guy's planting these seeds and kind of grooming her or if she had some dark things going on of her own and just kind of connected with this person. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm really interested to see where this goes. But we'll touch base on a little bit of that. But turns out that Darren Schillmiller, or known as Tyler to Denali, was a 21-year-old living in New Salisbury, Indiana. He does not match the photos sent to Denali, nor is he a millionaire. Records prove that Darren, or Tyler, and Denali had multiple discussions about her murdering someone and he paying her millions if she sent videos and evidence to him while she did it. There was now digital evidence proving Denali was sending photos and videos as the attack took place. Indiana State Police interviewed Darren Schillmiller on June 9th. He admitted to conning Denali Bremer into killing her best friend, Cynthia. He also blackmailed Denali into sexually assaulting children, and if she did not comply, he would notify police of her wrongdoings. After detectives found out the details of Darren Schillmiller, they interviewed Denali Bremer again. This time, Denali confessed to filming videos of two young girls ages 9 and 15 being sexually abused and sent them to Schillmiller. All of the involved confessed to the crimes and their roles within. Denali Bremer was indicted on murder in the first degree, conspiracy to commit murder in the first degree, solicitation to commit murder in the first degree, two counts of murder in the second degree, and tampering with physical evidence. Darren Schillmiller, or Tyler, was indicted on murder in the first degree, conspiracy to commit murder in the first degree, solicitation to commit murder in the first degree, and two counts of murder in the second degree. 
Caden McIntosh was indicted on murder in the first degree, conspiracy to commit murder in the first degree, and two counts of murder in the second degree, and four counts of tampering with physical evidence. The other two not mentioned, Caleb Leland, who was offered $500,000 for his part in the murder, was indicted on murder in the first degree and conspiracy to commit murder in the first degree, and two counts of murder in the second degree. The two juveniles, John and Jane Doe, who were not listed as they were underaged, were indicted on murder of the first degree and conspiracy to commit murder of the first degree and two counts of second degree murder. On February 15, 2023, Denali Bremer pled guilty to murder in the first degree for the June 2019 murder of her best friend Cynthia Hoffman. Other charges were dismissed. Sentencing for Denali is set to begin August 22, 2023. Darren Schillmiller was extradited to Alaska and remains in prison for the murder charges. FBI and state have all active and open cases of child pornography against him. Caleb Leyland and Caden McIntosh are both still pending trial. So that's it for the catfish murder. What'd you think, John? I will say until the very end, I did not realize how recent this case is. I know I think you mentioned it at the top, but it just kind of didn't sink in until you told me that she pled guilty literally last week. Mm -hmm. So this is insane. And again, like the big questions for me is like, if you're a teenager and yes, you're looking for love, what was going on in this girl's life that she agreed to murder her best friend? And then, you know, to say like, oh, well, you know, they blackmailed me to do these sexually exploitive things to these minors. But it's like, yeah, but you murdered your best friend and you sent videos of that, like for the promise of money. And to a man you've never seen in person. Right. I mean, I've never seen you in person, but. Right. Well, yeah, this is total deep fake. <laughs> but like, it just makes me think that there is definitely some mental health issues going on with Denali Bremer. And I think that that is one of the scariest things about the Internet. If you have a certain set of issues, it is very easy to connect to someone whose issues complement yours. And that's when these kind of things take place. And my question is, even if this guy was like, I'm not a millionaire, this is who I am. Uh, you know, I'm from Indiana. Would they have still found some way to get to this topic and still commit these kind of crimes? Because it just seems like there was something darker inside that was just waiting to bubble up. This one to me just is unsettling. And I think it's because I go back to like me doing online dating, which is why I tell everybody I don't date. Part of me is terrified of being catfished and or meeting someone at a restaurant or a bar and like getting kidnapped. And it doesn't help that I do do a true crime podcast twice a week. But this does not settle well with me. It makes me not want to get on the dating apps. It makes me not want to meet strangers. All of the things. Where are you putting this on your deadbolt? I'm going to put this at like a six because I'm not worried about anybody murdering me because they're being catfished or anything like that. I think the reason that this resonates with me at all, and I think we talked about this on Monday's episode, but looking through this story through Cynthia's parents' eyes, being like, oh, like my daughter is going to hang out with her best friend and they're teenagers. And then to know that a child could do this to another child. Like you said, I don't have to worry about dating or anything like that, but we went to Cracker Barrel for dinner tonight and my daughter always likes to look around at all the toys and everything like that. And she was behind a shelf looking at something and I couldn't see her for a minute. And I immediately panicked because we are locked in these rooms doing this podcast every week. And I'm like, where'd you go? You know what I mean? So that's, that's the scary aspect of this story to me is that someone that you think is your friend and you've obviously grown up together. And I know you well enough that I have your sister's phone number and I know your family. And then because you were talking to some guy online who offered you money, you'd be willing to take their life. That's the scary thing for me. So I'm going to put this at a six. What about you? 
I'm putting this one up there. I'm giving it an eight, but I'm going to the fact of like cat being catfished. Like obviously no one is going to like make me murder someone over nine million dollars. But the thought of like that someone that you don't know can have that much control over you. And maybe this is the naivety of Denali just being young and her frontal lobes not being fully developed and just making poor, you know, emotional decisions. But Something isn't quite right. And going back onto your topic of like, would these two, had she known that he was in Indiana, his name was Darren, and he wasn't a millionaire, would these two still have spiraled out of control like this? And I honestly think so. Like these people have killed someone. And this Macintosh guy, he was only offered $500,000 and he's the one who pulled the trigger. So I just think that there is some sort of aspect of mental illness probably behind it that we don't know about just yet, but I'm going to put it at an eight. I'm terrified of catfish. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely understand, you know, they can break your line. They get away with your hook, all that stuff. So, no, Again, but, John, I prefer noodling, prefer noodling. <laughs> no, but I, I definitely get where you're coming from. And, and I can tell you, like, there is part of me that is so happy that like, I'm not in that dating game, you know, like. Be Being married and, and having a kid, like my wife and I often talk about, you know, if something were to happen to one of us, what would your plan be or what would you do? You know, and I, I've told my wife, like, I'd be a single dad for a really long time like because like I don't I just don't think I could handle like being out there and trying to get back into that game. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I can imagine, you know, as a woman and you're meeting people in this digital, almost like a transaction kind of way, like swipe right, swipe left. Like it, number one, feels a little fake. dehumanizing and fake. Yes. And then you also have to worry about like, oh, is this the actual person that I'm meeting or is this a photo from like seven years ago? You know what I mean? So I feel guilty just having a picture of Ellie as a puppy on there. And that was just two years ago. But I'm like, I really look the same. My dog's just grown. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is where we fall on this week's deadbolt test. I am putting it at a six. Olivia is putting it at an eight. But we want to know where does the catfish murder fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. There's a link in the show notes. Come kick it with us. We would love to have you as part of the family. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks and sign up today. We have a lot of great tiers, a lot of great benefits, exclusive t-shirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all for being a patron. So if you want to help us keep the lights on, you like what we do, that is the best way to do that. And if you cannot financially support Check the Locks, we definitely understand just listening, hanging out with us every week and sharing what we do means just as much, if not more. So thank you. If you're tuning in every week, you're digging the cases. If you're letting your friends and family know about it, we really do appreciate it. And again, that is the best way that we are going to grow this community. That is all that we have for this week's episode. Please make sure that you are subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. We'll see you next week. Bye.